Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Mr. Kintad Svensgard. Kintad, how are you, sir? Hey, AJ, how is it going, my brother? Uh, well, uh, I'm not undercover, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> don't need Sean McBride to yell at me. Uh, I don't. Uh, maybe you and I, maybe three other people get that reference. But uh, no, it is good. It is good. We are happy to have you back in the hot seat for yet another another endeavor, another try. You know, you are one of my faves. One of my, uh, shall we say, the hot seat all stars. I I appreciate that so very much. I also appreciate the chance to give listeners a, a good chance at uh, beating your guests if they haven't in a while. You know, I'd like to come in and help them out somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kintad, he's always giving. Always giving. <laughs> Shel Silverstein wrote a book about him. He just turned it into a tree. Uh, <laughs> yes. This is where the chat ends, and this is where the explanation begins. As you know, Kintad, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you, because you know that there are going to be four rounds of four questions. Yes. Yes. In each round, I'll, you know the categories in order we'll be using for that round. Before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus for 10 points at the end of the game. You'll feel what we call the confidence question, which is your let's just try to prove your final score. I will explain all that when we get there. We cannot get there until we hit the ground running on round one. But before we do that, anything you want to share? Any 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 personal ditties? Bon mots? Uh, shoot. I feel put on the spot. Um, if you're listening to this and it's uh, June and you happen to be in New York City or visiting New York City, I'm in a show called The Improv Bag. And that's Thursday nights at 10 p.m. at the Magnet Theater in New York City. But if you're listening to this at any other time uh, outside of June 2019, uh, then, you know, I'm sure I'll be elsewhere. So check me out, man. <laughs> yeah, you can find him in Parts Unknown. <laughs> Home of many a professional wrestler. Parts oh, yes. Unknown. Cool, cool, cool. I, I if, if I get to New York in June, I won't be getting to New York. But if I get into New York in June, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. You know that. You know that. But round one is up for us. All right. Not to put you on the hot seat, but you're on the hot seat. I mean, that's how it works. Point players, as always, as usual. One, three, five, and seven. And here are the categories that we're going to be using for today's game, sir. We're going to kick things off with the mashup. Move along to audio hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. And we're going to follow it up with television. And we're going to wrap up round one with movies. But before we get to the wagers, Kintad, as you know, this is our alphabet season. And that means that each and every episode of this season, all of the answers in that episode, unless I say otherwise, will begin with the same single letter of the alphabet. Could be the first name of a person, the last name of a person. If it's a title, one of the words in that title will begin with this Episode-centric letter. Are you ready for the uh, R? R. It's the uh, pirate episode. R. Yes, I am so ready. <laughs> ready starts with the letter R. Right you are, sir. <laughs> right you are. Ooh, he did it again. <laughs> well, let's see how long we can keep this running gag going. Uh, with the mashup of first, would you like to wager one, three, five, or seven? So, AJ, I got a theory on how to play the game now. An unstoppable theory. So, an unbeatable theory. So, actually, even though I promised it being easy before, it's not going to be this time. Because I got my wagering figured out. I'm not going to tell you what that system is. Okay. I'm going to see if you can follow the pattern, okay? Sure. Uh, so, with mashup, we're going to go with one point. One point for mashup, uh, you know, with only one data point uh, to spin off of here, I, I will come to no conclusions, for any conclusion would be uh, premature and specious. I have an idea where this is going. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I can see through you like used Neutrogena. <laughs> mashup is up first for one point. As you know, two words or phrases smooshed together by a common word or syllable Good luck. Here's your mashup. A freak accident outside of Buckingham Palace forces the crown to go to a Las Vegas lounge singer, famous for saying, can't we all just get along? 
a Los Angeles lounge singer. A Las Vegas lounge singer. Las Vegas. Okay, that <laughs> that makes a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> a freak accident outside of Buckingham Palace, which could be a number of things. That's the part I might have trouble getting to. So let me see if I can get to the lounge singer first and maybe work it out that way. Uh, there's many ways to work out these type of questions. I'm sure you're well aware. Let's see. Who would that lounge singer be? Can't we all just get a... Wait, can't... Is the phrase, I can't we all just get along? That is the phrase. Uh, I mean, that makes me think of Rodney King, who is an R, but I don't think he's a lounge singer. Huh. But I'm going to put, I feel kind of nice about that because it does start with an R. So I'm going to hold that thought for a minute. And I'm going to say, freak accident. I feel like that's something to, I mean, outside of Buckingham Palace, you've got the famed palace guard, whatever their official name is, I don't know. But, uh, and they don't crack a smile. That's what they're uh, known for. So people like to go up and, and act goofy in front of them, see if they can get them to laugh. And then those guys get fired for laughing. So it's a horrible thing. You don't want to, you know, start laughing. I wouldn't want to uh, cause someone to lose their job over uh, my uh, chicanery. But I don't know this one. And it's one point. So I'm taking far too much time. I'm going to say someone broke a tire rod. So I'm going to say broken tire Rodney King. (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, broken tire Rodney King See part of the thing with the mashup As you know is that I've taken two two Phrases and smooshed them together And part of the key in solving it as you said There's many inroads to this is knowing Where the parse of the two uh, Portions of the clues Are and you are 100% Correct that uh, Can't we all just get along Is kind of uh, the Sentiment that uh, one Mr. Rodney King became famous for And so, uh, the other portion of the clue, a freak accident outside of Buckingham Palace forces the crown to go to a Las Vegas lounge singer, is all one bracketed phrase, which just so happens to be the plot of a movie starring John Goodman, King Ralph. Ooh, never saw it. All the heirs to the throne die in a single freak accident, Ah. and and, uh, this buffoon from the States uh, ends up, you know, 197th in line or something is is the next to get the crown and he becomes King Ralph so Rodney King Ralph is what we're looking for I cannot Uh. give you the point but uh, it's only a point it's only a point Yeah. Uh, normally I'm better on the mashups so I'm glad it's just a point no need to riot (laughs) can't we all just move along Please move along. Uh, audio hash watch is next. You have the three. You have the five. You have the seven. Uh, you know you have a strategy in place. Could you possibly elucidate how many points you're going to use on this one? All right. I'm going to blow your mind here. <laughs> I'm going to go with three points. Three points. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a question for you. If if I were to ask you what the combination was to, to the uh, atmospheric lock, uh, as it were, would it be one, two, three? Three, four, five. Well, AJ, I would not tell you if that was the case because I like to keep, you know, things secret, like my password, which is password. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, audio hodgepodge. Oh, it's going to be a silly episode, folks. Always is. That's why we love Kintad. Uh, audio hodgepodge and uh, uh, alert, sir. Alert, sir. I'm saying otherwise. Okay. This one does not have to have an R in the answer, because there'll be lots of R's in the question. That's usually the way that works. Listen to the following clip, sir, and tell me from what television show it comes. Wait a minute, wait a minute, listen. Let's talk about this. Ain't nothing you can say. 
Oh, you want to say something, Mr. Wingo? Me hoy poco, go get poco, coco, get joy coco, mm, yet Satan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who said me? No Roger, no rerun, no red. <laughs> so... I don't know exactly how to answer this question. I I believe I know the show. AJ, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. (laughs) No, that's my answer, AJ. My answer is what's happening. The television show, what's happening? No Roger, no rerun, no rent. No Roger, no rerun, no rent. Yeah, this is a a fine episode where there is a rent strike and Roger and rerun and Dwayne. But uh, mostly Roger and Rerun uh, stage a rent strike amongst the tenants. And uh, the landlord decides that he is going to uh, cave and give them all of the upgrades that they have asked for. And then he's going to raise their rent exponentially. And now they're all angry. And so he kicks Roger and Rerun out. And, and yet the tenants still fight for Raj and Rerun because they're they're the stars of the show. Yes, we are talking about that television classic Na Monike, A Monike Ge Oneke Na Konene. It just makes no sense because if he's saying Roger and Rerun, he would still have said Roger and Rerun. Exactly. What's happening is correct. The fine, fine television show based off the movie Coolie High. Three points for you. And that was a television question, and we're going to stick with television for this one. Uh, five or seven points for another bit of TV. All right, I'm going to blow you away with this one. Oh, I, hit me, hit me. I'm going with five for the television question. Even though, AJ, I feel like television is probably my strongest category, and so I'm a little upset that it's in the early rounds, but that's okay. Uh, but I'm keeping in, in line with my strategy for getting a top bmg score okay five points uh i'm still not seeing a pattern here but okay maybe i'll figure it out by the end of the episode uh television five points good luck and here we go carlton the doorman is among television's collection of characters never actually seen on screen on what show did at most his arm appear okay aj i i can think of a fine our show that this probably is although i admit if this is what i think it is it was a show in the 70s and uh, i'll admit i i wasn't really into this show as much but i did watch it on occasion when my parents would watch it um i believe it is a a spin-off of the classic mary tyler moore show i believe the show we're looking for with carlton the doorman is rhoda rhoda is your answer well uh you know the lot of television characters out there like uh oh let's say norm's wife vera on cheers or niles's wife maris on frazier uh the gooch on different strokes a lot of characters out there that uh, we heard about never saw tino from my so-called life is another one uh, my wife gloria you never see her do you? <laughs> <laughs> she's well, I, uh, this, yeah, hey, wait a second. When is she coming back from Canada, by the way? Uh, yeah. I've met Gloria. Carlton the Doorman, played by Lorenzo Music. You'd hear his voice on the intercom a lot. Uh, once, once or twice, his arm would hand a package in, but you'd never see him on screen. And I believe once they even showed the back of his head. Uh, it was on a little show with Valerie Harper, Mrs. Morgenstern herself. And her name was Rhoda. Five points for you. Well done, indeed. Thank you, sir. You are on a roll. I, be- uh, you know, whatever the strategy is, it seems to be working thus far. It's a course, secret it's, still. It's, it's still just the pop culture questions up front, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling with a movies question. It's going to be worth seven points. Are you ready? I are ready. Uh, then it'll be this, Batman. Based on the real-life case of Dr. Holly Crippen, what movie from 1954 was shot entirely on one set? Huh. Okay. I have no idea if this is right or wrong, but it's an R movie, and I think it's from around that time. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think this pretty much only takes place 
in the set of Jimmy Stewart's apartment, I'm going to go with Rear Window. Rear Window is your answer. Yeah, that is a Hitchcock film where Jimmy Stewart uh, is in a wheelchair. He's looking out his apartment window through binoculars, and he sees all sorts of shenanigans going on uh, across the way, uh, moving from window to window to floor to floor. And yeah, they built the entire apartment complex across the way and shot it in real time, you know, just moving the camera and... Yeah, yeah. People were in all those different rooms doing their things. Rear window is correct, sir. That is seven points for you. Well done. Well done indeed. Wow. I mean, if only if only you had known King Ralph, you might have gotten a perfect round. <laughs> and uh, gosh, that's all the pop culture. Oh, no. I mean, yes. Yes, yes. 50 <laughs> points out of a possible 16. Uh, that's a that's a that's a nice little round there. Uh, uh, one might even call it uh, a redonkulous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one might, if one were of a certain mind. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> well done, sir. Let us. I, I, I hesitate to stop this steamroller from, from continuing. Around two. Point values available to you will increase to two, four, six, and eight. But the categories, they'll be a little bit different this time around. And it is your categories. <laughs> Starting off with science. Moving along to what comes next. Following that up with potpourri. And we are going to wrap up round two and the first half with literature. So science is up first. Two, four, six, or eight. All right. I almost want to deviate, but I am not. The plan has helped me so far. I'm going to continue it. I don't want to give it away. You might have spotted the pattern, but maybe not yet. I'm going to start science off with two, AJ, two points. Two points from science. He's not going to make like a septum and deviate. No, no, he's going to stay on course because he knows Uh. what he's doing. (laughs) Here's your two point science question. What do scientists call the unit of measurement for the amount of energy produced by gamma rays in a cubic centimeter of air? Oh, well, I mean, thanks for going with an easy one. Uh, <laughs> all right, so it's a measurement for gamma rays in a cubic centimeter, correct? Of air, of yes. Air. And this is going to start with an R. I don't know if this makes sense. I'm going to go with a rad. R-A-D. A rad. A rad. Rad. It's, it's a very rad answer, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this is obviously we're looking at rays and energy, and so of course your mind might spin off to radiation of some sort. Unfortunately, they named this unit of measurement after the scientist who came uh-huh. up with the scale, and his name was not uh, Billy Rad. <laughs> <laughs> Although, it should be. <laughs> well, we, might, we might call him that from now on. <laughs> um, this is the scientist William Conrad Rentgen. So they are Rentgens, spelled R-O-E-N-T-G-E-N, Rentgens. You want to keep the Rentgens down, uh, <laughs> or, else, or else the landlord's just going to kick Roger and rerun out, and you're going to be chanting, no Roger, no rerun, no Rentgen, no Roger, no rerun, no Rentgen. Uh, 525,800 gamma rays. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't uh, stop now. Uh, no, it's, it's done. <laughs> all, right, all right, very well, Angel. Uh, <laughs> what comes next? Well, what comes next comes next. So four, six, or eight. All right, I'm going to go with four for what comes next. <laughs> A shocking development. <laughs> Good luck, sir. Here is your four point. What comes next question? Diane Fossey, Catherine Parker, Dana Barrett. What comes next? Diane Fossey, Catherine Parker, Dana Barrett. I can't think of the first name. Oh, but it could be. I mean, I know what the the I know what we're going for here. Uh, These are all roles that uh, one Miss Sigourney Weaver played. But my mind is a little weak on what order we're looking for here, if we're going back or we're going forward. 
But I think we're going back, and this is a case where the letter may be helping me out. I just can't remember the first name of the character I'm thinking of. Of course, the last name is Ripley. So I'm just going to say Ripley, final answer. Do you want to phone a friend? Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I am phoning a friend. (laughs) I think. Uh, (laughs) Is this friend go by the name of Bishop or Newt? (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, uh, Indeed. Well, you know, Diane Fossey, of course, is a real-life person. True. Of course, was portrayed by Sigourney Weaver in the film Gorillas in the Mist. Catherine Parker, also played by Sigourney Weaver. Do you know which film? I want to say Working Girl, but I could be wrong. This woman is my secretary. Indeed, it was Working Girl. Ah. And Dana Barrett. In this case, we are looking at Ghostbusters 2 as we move sequentially through the filmography of one Miss Weaver, which, of course, means what comes next? Well, that would be Alien Cubed, Alien 3, and Ellen... Ellen. Ripley. Ripley is all I needed. Ripley is the important part. No one ever called her by her first name anyway. Yes. Believe it or not, you get it right. Ah. Can't believe it, AJ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Strong mm. start for the K-Man. No jumping off into the molten lava to save the world. No, no, no. (laughs) You don't need to sacrifice. You got it right. Well done. Potpourri will be our next category here. Now, I still haven't figured it out here, so I'm going to have to ask six or eight. AJ, I'm going to go with six. Hope don't give it away, anything away, but I'm going with six. I give points away. If you know this one and not the next one, then you'd be given two points away. But nevertheless, six points for Potpourri. Good luck. And here is your question. Flowers from the family Ericacea include blueberries, cranberries, heathers, and what, which comes from the Greek for rose tree? Uh, I don't know. I think this is a great potpourri question, though, because these are things you might find in potpourri. Ah, yes. Specifically, this category is only going to be about actual potpourri. Everyone, get yourself to Bed Bath & Beyond and pick up a pack, because uh, if you read the label... <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is right at all, because I'm not a botanist, for God's sake. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Rhododendra. Uh, Rhododendra is what you're going with. <laughs> <laughs> I love the giddy laughter. Because I think you know I might have been trying to get away with something. But maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, that you are skilled in botany to know this one. You could be a, a cunning linguist and just know <laughs> the Greek for rose tree. Uh, a tree, of course, you know, uh, dendrites and rose would be rhodo. And therefore, uh, a singular rhododendron, plural rhododendra. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yes. He playing it off as if he knew the whole time when he was clearly talking out his behind like Ace Ventura. <laughs> I was. Jim Carrey would be proud. Hey, you know what? They don't ask how you get the answer as long as you get the answer. So <laughs> pulling it out by its roots is certainly acceptable. <laughs> well done. There are a lot of ways that could have gone a lot worse. So <laughs> let's question in the first half. It's been a very positive first half. Let's see if we can end on a super high with an eight-point literature question. Are you prepared or are you scared? I am pre-scared. Well, let's see if you can get this right. (laughs) This novel from 1995 was the first German book to top the New York Times list of bestsellers. What is this offering from author Bernhard Schlink? The Schlink Man. Okay. This German book from 1995. I'll have you know, AJ, I actually was working in the publishing industry at, in 1995. Uh, I was uh, a buyer. So I would go through a lot of titles and a lot of books. This one doesn't appear in my memory at all. <laughs> so that doesn't help. I don't know this one at all, but I'm going to 
figure out an R. Boy, if this is some book that I go, oh, yeah, that's really going to be disappointing. Um, but I am just going to say... Riesling. <laughs> is that German? <laughs> is it, uh, it's spelled with like 160 R's. <laughs> Riesling. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a grape, that uh, type of wine, sure. And uh, books, yeah. books are written about wine all the time. The, the days of wine and roses, perhaps. Uh, not the answer, but. Uh, Riesling, sure. Okay. Um, I, I have a question. Now, I did not know that you were a buyer uh, in, in the book industry for a while. Uh, how did you determine which books you were going to buy? Did you just randomly... Uh, <laughs> random House. <laughs> that's, that's what they do at Random House. They just randomly <laughs> pick them. <laughs> did, they, did you just randomly pick one? or? Uh... No, we had... I was a buyer of Remainders uh, and, and books that had been returned, things like that. So... Uh, and we would then promote them in another way on sale for very cheap prices. So it was all about price and category more than, you know, I wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to uh, pick out somebody who's going to write this book. And I, I wasn't that kind of a buyer. Or... Okay, so what you're saying is perhaps that you were, you're you completely unfamiliar with the actual reading of the books. Yes, that is 100% correct. And it's very, very unfortunate because this book was turned into a movie uh, that oh. won Kate Winslet the Best Actress Oscar a number of years later, and it is called The Reader. Oh, I, st- I, I, I don't even remember that. So, And I was alive at the time. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> That's usually how these things work. <laughs> well... Cannot give you the points for that one, but I don't feel too bad because you, you know, out of possible 20 points in round two, you got double digits again with 10. I'm going to add that 10 to the 15 you had in round one, which puts you at an incredibly healthy, uh, one might say, death-defying 25 points as we enter the half. Respect. Yo, much much respect. Number two, Dirk Jeter. Uh, Here is how (laughs) halftime works. I'm going to ask you a question. What we kind of do here on Beat My Guess. Uh, when I'm done asking you the question, you're going to take a little time to think about the question. This is our only partial credit question of the game, so there'll be multiple answers that you can uh, come up with here. Uh, we'll pause for a brief word from our non existent sponsors, and when we return from uh, said break, hopefully you will have as many correct answers as possible for the following question. According to BoxOfficeMojo.com, there are 10 films that begin with an R word which have a domestic box office gross adjusted for inflation of over $380 million. For two points each, I'd like you to name for me any five of these films, keeping in mind that any introductory article, A and the, ignore those. And we're using the official titles recognized by Box Office Mojo for these films. Take a little time, process all of that, think about it for a little bit, and we will be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron. Just like Adam, Tamara, Tony, and many others who have joined since the start of the season. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Kintad Svensgaard. And when we last left Kintad, our old friend was sitting on 25 points. Working on the following halftime bonus question, according to BoxOfficeBojo.com. There are 10 films that start with an R word, which have a domestic box office gross adjusted for inflation of over $380 million for two points each. I've asked him to name for me any five of these 10 films. Todd, whenever you are ready, let me know what you've come up with. Jeez, what's happening to my brain? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first to do that this season. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation, so that means I could go back if I wanted to. Adjusted for inflation, the great equalizer in <laughs> movie history. <laughs> I'll admit to being a little uh, remiss on this question, because um, most of the movies that I can think of that start with an R weren't big hits. I don't think they would have made that money even when adjusted for inflation. However, to to be pretty cheap, 
I'm gonna say Rocky three because I think that did the best out of the Rocky movies. I could be wrong on that, so I'm gonna say Rocky three. I'm gonna say over its many years of playing at midnight on Saturday and and uh, shows all over the time to- all of the- all over the place. I'm gonna say the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which uh, I don't feel good about, but I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go back to RoboCop. Don't think it did that well, but I'm gonna go with RoboCop. Uh, I'm gonna go with Rain Man. I don't know. All right, so I'm stuck on my last one because I got two equally bad choices. I'm thinking either Rambo, First Blood. So it was Rambo Three, First Blood. I'm Wait, Rambo 3, First Blood? (laughs) Rambo, First Blood, Part 3? Whatever, Rambo was the name of the movie. (laughs) Or I want to go with The Rocketeer, which I just, I don't think The Rocketeer did that well. That was was a fun movie, but I don't think it did that well. So I'm going to go with Rambo. Rambo is your uh, final answer there. Okay. So uh, as always, let us... uh... Since this is a list of the top ten in box office domestic adjusted for inflation, beginning with the letter R, I'm going to start at number ten, work our way up. All of these have more than $380 million, starting with number ten at $381 million. A little film with one of the most strange titles of a sequel of all time. Not quite uh, Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo, but Rambo First Blood Part 2. Rambo, yes, that's what you were talking about. You said Rambo. You left. It, that's what's before the colon. I give it to you. Two points. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Then three hundred eighty-three million. Rocky three. Indeed. Clubber Lang. Well done, sir. Another two points for you. Hey. Wow. Hey. At three hundred ninety million dollars. Definitely Wapner. Definitely Wapner. Huh? Rain Man. <laughs> wow. Three for three in the first three that I give thee. <laughs> it's inconceivable. And we take a little bit of a jump here to number seven, $453 million. It's a film you might have heard of. In fact, you might have answered it earlier in this game, or only repeat or rerun of a movie. Rear Window. Uh. The Hitchcock, very popular back in the day. Yes, indeedy. Coming in at $495 million, if perhaps you had thought that this film might have out-earned another film in the series, you might have gone with the original Rocky. Yeah, should have. I was going to. Yeah, those two points are going to fly now. I'm sorry. Uh, $496 million earned over... Many, many years, sometimes in just a single theater in the country, and still rising on this chart today, thanks to those midnight showings of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well done, well done. It probably would have been below Rocky just a short time ago. (laughs) Wow, it's amazing. It, it, it it's astounding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that time is so fleeting, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, madness is definitely taking its toll. Uh, because the top four here, I'm surprised you did not get at least a couple of these. Starting with five hundred forty-four million dollars, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah, that made that made, that made some cash. <laughs> yeah, should have got that one. At number three on the list. Not uh, surprised you didn't get this one. This was probably the toughest one on the list. It's from 1953. It stars Richard Burton. It is about uh, a guy who gets Jesus's robe off of the crucifixion, and it is called The Robe. I've heard of it, actually. I just would have never pulled that one, but it's not polite to pull on a robe. (laughs) No, no, no. But if you want to to destroy my sweater, never mind. Uh, (laughs) And then at number two, $797 million. That's the one. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, of course. And... Kintod. Kintod at $847 million. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> which is the official name of the movie. They didn't uh-huh. come up with that episode stuff until after the fact for the original right. trilogy. 
which is why Lord of the Rings colon Return of the King is not on this list because it would be if it was Return of the King, but it is Lord of the Rings colon Return of the King. AJ, I actually thought of those, but I was like, no, there are Star Wars episode this. So I, 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 that was my bad on that one. Not theatrically originally. Well, Star Wars, New Hope was just Star Wars. And then. Yeah, Empire Strikes actually, Back and, and Return of the Jedi were just those films, and then they retroactively went episode right. four, episode five, episode six. Yeah, I actually uh, did better than I thought. So I, you I got eight I, points. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. has turned me into a chicken, but I'm not scared to say that eight points added to the 25 you had coming into halftime, which means you are at an RPM of 33 as we start the second half. How are you feeling? Have you ever felt this comfortable in the hot seat? AJ, I have not. This has been my best showing. This is one of those times where I'm when I'm listening to the show and I go, oh, why didn't I get that set of questions? So far, this has been one of those for me, but I actually got that set of questions. Well, we will see if the second half is as rosy for you, or if perhaps things will get rotten very quickly. Let us see. With round three, uh, the point values, as always, as usual, are going to stay the same at two, four, six, and eight. However, the categories, well, we're going to go with this batch of four, kicking things off with analogies, following it up with history, moving on to fungo. And wrapping up round three with music. So, analogies is on tap. Two, four, six, or eight. Um, I'm going to go with two. I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Still don't understand what this pattern is you're talking about. But two. All right, we're going to go with two for analogies. Oh, good luck. And here we go. Darius Rucker is to Hootie and the Blowfish as Gary Lavox is to what? <laughs> I was so with you at the start. <laughs> and then you got to the second part, AJ. Do you want me to Dang hold it. your hand? <laughs> oh, God. To the Beatles? Is the answer the Beatles? No. So obviously, Darius Rucker is the, the lead singer of the band Hootie and the Blowfish. So Gary Lavox... Levox, L-E-V-O-X. I'm going to say an R band, and I'm just going to go with it. And since Levox automatically made me think of a rhyme, kind of, I'm going to go with Roxy Music. Roxy Music, uh, certainly a band. I I hope so. Brian Eno, not Roxette, so no need to join the joyride here. Uh, yeah, Darius Rucker, of course, now has uh, left Hootie and has uh, gone on his foray into the country music scene, which is where you will find Gary Lavox and Rascal Flats. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. You've heard of them. I have heard of them. Yes. Indeed. Life is a highway, and I'm going to ride it all <laughs> night long. <laughs> right on to the history question where, okay, wait, wait. Am I am I crazy here thinking that you're gonna go eight points on history? AJ, no. What? You almost you almost got me for a second, but uh, I'm gonna go for four points for history. Oh, all right. I I thought I knew what was going on here. I guess I don't. History four points. Good luck. And here we go. Salisbury was the home of Prime Minister Ian Smith from 1964 through 1979 in what country? Salisbury makes me hungry, but it's the home of the prime minister in what country? What countries have prime ministers? England has a prime minister. I think Israel has a prime minister. Uh... <laughs> I And then I'm <laughs> pretty much stumped after that. And just because the guy's home is in a place doesn't necessarily mean, and I should say the the person, I, I don't mean it's necessarily a guy, but just because well, in, they're... In this case, it's Ian Smith, so it's it's, it's oh. a guy. Well, you know, could have been Janice Ian Smith. This is not um, the mashup, but yes, I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know where Ian Smith was. I wonder if in a colonized place... They had prime ministers. And Ian Smith sounds like a 
proper British name or Anglo name. So I'm going to say that this was, I'm going to, I was going to go to Africa, AJ. No, I know Africa is <laughs> not a country. Uh, <laughs> but there is a I mean, but now, right in the middle of round three, you're going <laughs> to. I'm wondering if this place is no longer a country. Because there's several R's I could go with in Africa. But for some reason, I don't know why this is just in my head. And it's really silly. I'm going to say Rhodesia. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know what it is. Go chastise me now. I mean, you're looking at Africa, one might think. One of the first things might what might come to was Rwanda. I mean, that's an African yeah. country to start with R. Uh, but... I mean, Salisbury is a very English-sounding name. As you said, Ian Smith, very English-sounding name. Uh, the reason that Ian Smith stopped being prime minister and Salisbury was no longer the home of the prime minister in 1979 is because they got kicked out uh, as this country uh, ceased to exist uh, and changed its name to Zimbabwe. And it, up until that point, was known as Rhodesia. Four points for you. Well done. <laughs> Yes. Okay. That was amazing. That makes I, me feel good. I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean. <laughs> well done. Four points on that one. We are going to move along to Fungo, and hopefully the fun goes along. Eight points? AJ, no. Oh. I'm going with six for Fungo. Six points for Fungo. As you know, this is where I give you three Three clues for the price of one, all pointing to the same singular answer. Three chances to get it right. Good luck. Here is your fungo. Clue number one. It's a sound salvation, according to the head of the attractions. Clue number two. Roll for Cuba. Clue number three. Fessenden's medium in 1906. Okay. Uh, If I get it from anything, it's going to be... Uh, the first clue. I feel like that. Uh, that that's the attractions. I believe is Elvis Costello's group, and I know they had a big hit, and it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's not coming out. Elvis Costello songs. Never a big, you know, follower of of uh, that group. Uh, nothing against them, and I enjoyed them when someone would play it. But uh, you know, the only thing I can think of is. Uh, watching the detectives <laughs> that does not start with an r nor does it seem like a sound salvation and they had another another song that i know i know Dang it. <laughs> and it's not roll with it roll with it oh no i don't think that's even them i think maybe that's steve winwood or maybe i'm wrong maybe that's them i don't know this is a fun go all my fun has gone a sound salvation <laughs> I feel like I should know Fessenden. That sounds like my cousin. I got a cousin close. Well, not really. But it's a medium. So that would be like something Fessenden would work with in an artistic way, I'm assuming. Oh, all right. This may or may not be it, but I'm going to say radio. Radio. And which, which, uh, what just popped in your head there that made you think that? I don't know, AJ, because <laughs> when I, when I, now that I think about it, Fessenden is not like Marconi, who I was thinking of, who I believe had something to do with the invention of the radio. But radio something sounds like a Costello, Elvis Costello song, and I, I just don't. Radio Gaga? Is that, was that, was that them? I don't know. Why don't you tell me, uh, AJ? <laughs> because <laughs> Why don't you tell me the name of the film? <laughs> <laughs> so... Roll with it was indeed Steve Winwood. Let's let's start there. Uh, and uh, Radio Gaga was uh, was Queen. Yet Marconi uh, is known for inventing the radio. It's, it's the wireless telegraph and sending signals. You know, it's not quite you know AM FM quite uh, just right. yet. Uh, however, in uh, 1906, one of the first ever uh, radio programs was produced by a man named Fessenden, and that was his medium. So, radio is correct, six points. Uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions had a song called Radio Radio, which okay. is <laughs> line radio, it's a sound salvation. 
And the Cuba I'm talking about is Cuba Gooding Jr., who oh! is a somewhat uh, mentally challenged man named Radio. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Radio was the answer. Again, it, it, three chances to get it, and it, you don't have to know all three. It, 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 you got the points. I didn't really know any of them, but except for... I. Cuba's role, I should have... That was a good good trickery on your part. Sir? Why, Michael, Michael, it was, uh... What was it? Rod Tidwell. <laughs> Rod. Medical uh, with Rod. Tire Not Rod to be confused, Tidwell. of course, with, uh, with uh, the great German scientist, Billy Rad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One question left in this round. Eight points on music. You can't tell me I'm wrong here, because that's all that's left you. Good luck. Here is your eight-point music question. Thomas... Erdely, Douglas Colvin, John Cummings, and Jeffrey Hyman made up the membership of what band? Whew. That's a tough one. I should know things like this. So I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to obviously guess an R group. I know it's not the Rolling Stones. Unless you're talking like, you know, some strange session musicians that sat in on a couple of recordings. Would I do that? Yes, you would. Yes, you would. I don't think you did, but I wouldn't put it past you. So what's another R band? Uh, Rascal Flats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I noticed the the lack of Gary LaVox. (laughs) The only name that sounds somewhat familiar is Colvin, but... That's because I'm thinking of CNC Music Factory. I don't think that's the uh, the person that I'm going for here. I'm going to say this is one of those um, groups from the late 60s, early 70s that I never bothered to like figure out who's in it. I'm going to say it's the Rascals. There's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. I mean, it's not Radiohead. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, these guys uh, were the members of this band, a very well-known band, a Hall of Fame-worthy band, one might say. Uh, They did not perform under these names, however. They collectively called themselves uh, Joey, Johnny, Dee Dee, and Tommy. They took the same family name. Mm -hmm. They are? The Ramones. The Ramones, indeed. I know you want to be sedated after getting that one wrong, but what are you going to (laughs) do? Hey, I went to Rock and Roll High, so I should have got that. No, I didn't. I'm just making that (laughs) up. Well, you know what? Nothing to sneeze at. You got 10 points in that round out of a possible 20. I'm going to add those to the 33 points you had coming into round three, and we're entering round four with an incredibly healthy 43 points. And and here's the best news of all. We've got 20, 20, 24 points left to go. <laughs> Here in round yes. four, our highest scoring round, uh, three, five, seven to nine are the point values available to you. Are you ready for the final four categories of the game? Yeah. You know what's coming because we haven't had it yet. Yes, Say it I with me, folks. It. Only in, in Florida. Florida. That's going to kick off round four. We're going to follow it up with Around the World. We're going to move along to sports. And we are going to wrap up round four and the second half with Who Done It. But first things first, only in Florida. And I'm thinking that Kentad's pretty darn happy that it's the first one of these four. I mean, at least if I might have cracked the code by now. You may <laughs> have it, AJ. And I was so perturbed when this has not this category hasn't come up yet in any of the earlier rounds. Uh, let's start off with three. Three points. Only in Florida. Good luck, sir. Brace yourself. And here we go. A man in North Palm Beach stole about $33,000 worth of what? Only to exchange his bounty for a couple of 12 packs of beer. I actually may know this one aj oh dear because when you introduced this category at the beginning of the year i said oh lord i don't know any of these and i i looked at a ton of these so i believe i know this one which shocks me to no end 
I believe this idiot, no offense, <laughs> Florida man, <laughs> stole $33,000 in rare coins. Rare coins is your answer. Are you saying that you may have done some research? research? <laughs> I may have. I may have. Well, uh, yes, the uh, this guy stole $33,000 worth of something, was a little thirsty, <laughs> wanted to buy some beer. And so he took these rare coins, <laughs> placed them in his local coin star, and redeemed them for approximately $30 in value. And used it to buy two 12-packs of beer. Rare coins is correct. Oh, yes. Stop the presses. Someone's gotten a Florida question right. Well done. (laughs) I think. Oh, wow. Five minutes of (laughs) scrolling a Twitter account can help you out. Learn it now. Redonkulous. (laughs) Now I wish that was my uh, last question of the round. Fortune favors the bold. (laughs) Around the world is next. (laughs) Yes. Expanding our horizons beyond Florida. Let's see how much research you've done on the rest of the world. (laughs) Um, Five points for around the world, sir. You have finally, I think, gleaned on to my strategy. Yes, five points around the world. Quite quite the crafty uh, (laughs) enigma you've posed for me here. (laughs) Around the world. <laughs> Five points, Kintad. I am pulling for you. And here's your question. Mazmac Fortress. A fort made out of clay and mud bricks, sitting upon a stone foundation, is a centerpiece landmark of what city? Oh, Mazmac. Mazmac Fortress. <laughs> Mazmac Fortress. You said Mazmac? Oh, yeah. I know Mazmac Fortress. That is in Rangui. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> is Rangui a city? <laughs> um, am I thinking of Bangui? Bangui? Uh, I might be Bangui. Yes, there's a Rangoon. Oh, yeah, I might have been thinking of Rangoon, but I said Rangui, so I'm not. You know, I'm sticking with my answer. But <laughs> sure, okay. I, I think that. I think that's what I was thinking of, Rangul. I'm I'm just coming up with a city, AJ, because I don't know this one. So well, Rangul is your answer. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Rigatoni is your answer. Okay, <laughs> you mean Rigatoni's not a city? So Mazmac Fortress, made of yes. clay and mud bricks, sitting on a stone foundation. It's the central landmark of a city that uh, may not really be known uh, otherwise for its interesting architecture per se. And the stone foundation kind of is is uh, interesting because most of this country is in search of uh, water as it sits in desert. This would be Saudi Arabia and the city of Riyadh. Riyadh. Okay, that's fair. I believe the locals call it Rangui. (laughs) (laughs) Boy. Look, you know, I'd feel bad for you, except you've pulled so much out of your rectum. (laughs) Another R, yes. We're going to move on to sports. And having sports as one of the final two questions, using your methodology seems to be, uh, hopefully, fortune-favoring the bold here. Uh, Shall we make it official, and you can declare your seven points on sports? I would like seven for sports, please. Okay. No match. (laughs) All about allergies. All right, here we go. Seven points for sports. Good luck. In addition to finishing his career with 286 wins, this Hall of Fame hurler was also the president of the Gold King Seafood Company. Who is he? We're talking baseball. Okay. Actually, I should maybe try to sing that to see if I get any names, but I don't know the words. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that won't help me. Somebody and the babe. Oh, the babe! I'm, I'm going to say it was Babe Ruth, AJ. Babe Ruth is your Wait answer. A <laughs> Wait a minute. 
I know he was a pitcher, but how many wins did he? All right, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Babe Ruth uh, certainly started his career as a pitcher, so I might have been uh, doing one of those things where I tried to play upon your potential ignorance of that fact and might be going uh, towards the uh, nah, that's not not at all. Yeah, that's not I what happened at all. I mean, he won 94 games, Babe Ruth, as a pitcher. So it's not, it's, it, he wasn't a 300 game winner, wasn't even close, but he is all a famer and he, he was a hurler for at least portion of his career. So it's not, not the worst answer I, you could have given. He seems like someone who would be uh, very closely involved with seafood. Sure. I was thinking more perhaps chocolate bars, but <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't named after him. Shut up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the president of the Gold King Seafood Company was this pitcher's full-time job in the offseason because back in his day, they just didn't make enough money to live entirely on Major League Baseball earnings alone. In fact, uh, you can see him appearing on that classic game show, What's My Line? And he came in, signed his real name, and sat down and was like, okay, what does this person do for a living? And you know, the first questioner was like, uh, I'm confused. You mean other than pitching for the Phillies? Because I know who this <laughs> is. And like, no, his real job. And they were like, oh, whoa, hey now. So Bennett, Bennett Surf was quite perturbed, thinking that, uh, oh, I've got, wait, huh? So yeah, he, he ran a seafood company. That was what he was looking for. I, I'm not sure if he liked to watch Good Morning America, because this gentleman's name is Robin Roberts. Mm, yeah. Not that Robin Roberts, but that Robin Roberts. Yeah. Well, I, I'm happy with my answer, even though I got it wrong. It is all good. We have one question left in regulation. It is nine points. It is who done it. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a biography, and you tell me exactly who I'm talking about. Good luck. Here is your nine-point question. Born in Brazil in 1907, he started a business at the age of 12. Using his earnings to go to Purdue University, he continued operating his childhood company until his death in 1995. Who done it? Well, I guess it's not Frank Purdue, because we're looking for an R. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't believe I would have uh, given you Purdue in the <laughs> question if I was looking for Purdue in the answer. He did spell his last name with an E, not with, with that first U. 1995 died and he was still running the biz. He was born in Brazil. Not very confident in my guesses here. And we're asking for the who, not the not the what. We always ask for the who in who done it. Yes indeedy. Maybe next I'm... season we'll introduce a what is it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. So, I don't think this is an actual name. I'm just trying to go through names of companies that might have been and I'm just assuming he put his name on the company. He might not have put his name on the company. It could be something, you know, completely different. In which case he would be famous because he was that guy. I guess Brazilian is throwing me. <laughs> I'm gonna say because I can't come up with a better guess. This show is has literally broken my brain. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that this company <laughs> oh god i need a minute more to gather myself aj i'm gonna say this person his last name is the last name is i want my nine points i have no idea aj i'm gonna say i don't think he's been running his and i know he wasn't born in brazil i was gonna say rubik but uh that's not him uh Romco? Rom... Quintana has fallen to the floor and is just making... I have no idea. I'm going to say Romeo. Romeo. Perhaps first name Alpha. Alpha Romeo. Alpha Romeo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that 12-year-old car manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't be a Beat My Guest episode, especially one with the letter R, if there wasn't a little bit of a red herring in the clue. Yes, he was born in Brazil, but he wasn't born in Brazil, as you said earlier. He was born in the city of Brazil, Indiana, <laughs> very nearby <laughs> Purdue, farmer, 
loved corn. Loved corn so much. Invented a myriad number of ways of popping, said corn. Orville Redenbacher! It is indeed Mr. Bowtie himself. Suspenders. You know the look. Orville Redenbacher was the answer. I cannot give you the points. I know. And, I mean, if you had asked me to wager on whether or not the only question you would have gotten right in this round would have been the only in Florida question. <laughs> probably would not have gone there. <laughs> but here we are. Three points added to your score out of a possible 24 in that round. But you had 43 points coming in. So 46 points. Nothing to sneeze at. Nothing at all. Uh, it's now time, Kintad, for our confidence question. Here's how it works. It is your last chance to try to improve your final score. As you know, only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must wager between one and ten points. Get it right, and I will add it to your score. And happily so. But get it wrong, Kintad. Mm, mm, mm. Get it wrong, not only will you lose those precious points, but I am going to force you to start counting backwards <laughs> from now on while listening to the radio. <laughs> And coming up with more stupid answers that start with road. That <laughs> somehow ended up being right, like Rhoda, Rhodesia, Rhododendron. <laughs> and so, sir, as you know, this season I have uh, asked my guests in the hot seat to come up with three potential categories for me to choose from for the confidence question. You have graciously done so. I have maniacally chosen... And so I ask you, how confident are you feeling on a scale of 1 to 10 in the category of love symbol number 2, a.k.a. Prince? Oh, I'm happy to answer a Prince question, although I know you get tricky with these questions since we picked the category. And R, I'm already trying to think of some print stuff with the letter r but and let me tell you it's not gonna be rogers <laughs> Ow! i was holding that in too i was holding that in like oh who do you think do you're that. dealing with here <laughs> yeah okay uh but you know what even if i lose 10 points i think i'll have my highest score that i've ever had on this game so let's do 10 points aj 10 points, part of me cries that you're not going only four, but nevertheless, <laughs> 10 points, it is your right, it is your privilege, and quite frankly, you could you could use to be knocked down a few pegs with your <laughs> performance so far. Uh, good luck. I am indeed pulling for you. Here is your 10-point question. His purple badness was particularly naughty during a Saturday Night Live appearance back in 1981 when he dropped an F-bomb during his musical performance. However, most people have never heard of this because one of the cast members also used that taboo word in the same episode. I'd like to know who bleeping did it. Uh, I actually am quite happy with this question, even though I don't know if I'd call it a Prince question. And I'm glad you didn't ask me what the song was because I have no idea what the song was. Um... But I do know who was fired from SNL for dropping an F-bomb. Uh, that would be Charles Rocket. Charles Rocket is your answer. Prince was on stage and uh, following in the footsteps of Morris Day of the Time, who also dropped an F-bomb on one of his appearances on the show. Uh, Prince was singing one of his songs, and eh, there's a debate. He might have fudged it just enough that he said, frickin'. Uh, I think people are being kind. Uh, hey, he used an F bomb. Let's be honest here. Uh, but what do you want? What are you gonna do? Uh, and this probably would have been the biggest news of that day, except in the final moments of the episode, as they were on stage for their saying goodbye segment, uh, and still in character uh, as J.R. Ewing from Dallas, uh, and and the joke of the skit was that. He he, they were trying to figure out who shot Jr. You remember that big cultural touchstone? Yes, uh, and for some reason, maybe because he had heard Prince use it earlier in the show, he said, I'd like to know who bleepin' did it. Except he didn't say bleepin'. He gave that F word that I'm not going to say here, not because I'm approved, but because I don't want to have to go through the rigmarole of 
rigmarole, ooh, good R word, of tagging this with bad words. And much like when Rerun was a member of the dance troupe, the Rockets, <laughs> and they fired every rocket in sight. <laughs> Charles Rocket suddenly found himself no longer employed. It is a Prince adjacent question. <laughs> and that's what you get for trying to sneak in a fourth category in on the goblins question. <laughs> Playing loosey goosey with me. Uh, let that be a lesson. Three and only three. Uh, ten points to you. Well done. Giving you a Spence Guardian high <laughs> of 56 points. Well done, sir. I, I, I'm almost speechless. What do you got to say for yourself? I think that's the last time I'm doing your show, AJ, because I will not top that. I will not top that. That was top that, uh, top that, top that, top that. <laughs> oh, what movie was that? Oh, you're killing Teen me. Teen Witch. Thank you. Thank you. Nice reference. All right, Mr. Roger. Uh, you have anything you'd like to plug before you go? No, I mean, you know, follow me on Twitter at black underscore Viking. If that would be uh, something you'd be into, I'm going to try to, you know, keep coming out with the content because that's what the young people, uh, they want, you know. And um, uh, shout out to my wife, Gloria, and uh, thank you to the letter R. Uh, indeed, I hope Gloria gets back from Winnipeg very soon, or perhaps <laughs> Regina. <laughs> Her name is Alberta. She lives in Regina. Oh, oh no, that's that was the wrong avenue. Let's get out of here before we really go insane. Uh, thank you so much for sitting in the hot seat. Always a pleasure, sure. You know you are welcome back anytime and i'm probably forced you to do it again don't don't you worry sir uh to all of those of you out there listening thank you so much for uh, coming back for spreading the word uh potentially for being a patron if you've done that i appreciate all your support we will be back next week with another brand new episode i especially hope that you'll turn in for that one yes Especially, see what I did there, because it's an S. Yeah, yeah. Swords, Alex, swords. (laughs) Tune in next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPop. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not in the Mark Goodson Bill Todman production.